You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Martian. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. Ready? And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Commander, Mark is dead. We have to go. Now you can either accept that, or you can get to work. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates. And to NASA. And to the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise. Here's the rub. It's gonna be four years for another mission to reach me. And I'm gonna have designed to last 31 days. So I gotta make water and grow food on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, none of this matters anyway. We've got an incoming message. Mein Gott. <laughs> Mark Watney's still alive. In your face, Neil Armstrong. There must be some kind of way out of here. Okay, so let's do the math. I have enough food to last for 50 days. He's going to starve to death long before we can help. So, I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. He's 50 million miles away from home. He's totally alone. What the hell is he thinking right now? I am the greatest botanist on this planet. I know how to save Mark Watney. But we need the Hermes crew. We either have a high chance of killing one or a low chance of killing six. I'm not risking their lives. It's bigger than one person. No, it's not. NASA rejected the mission. So if we do this? We're talking mutiny. If anything goes wrong, we die. Do you realize how crazy this is? We have no other option. What happens? Tell the world. Tell my family. And I never stop fighting to make it home. Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Martian, and the story is as follows. When astronauts blast off from the planet Mars, they leave behind Mark Watney, presumed dead after a fierce storm. With only a meager amount of supplies, the stranded visitor must utilize his wits and spirit to find a way to survive on the hostile planet. Meanwhile, back on Earth... Members of NASA and a team of international scientists work tirelessly to bring him home while his crewmates hatch their own plan for a daring rescue mission. The film is starring Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, Jeff Daniels, Michael Pena, Kate Mara, Sean Bean, Sebastian Stan, Askel Henney, Benedict Wong, Don- Donald Glover, Chiwetel Ejiofor. It is directed by Ridley Scott, written by Drew Goddard. Here to join me for this throwback review. Not part of our 2015 retrospective, but hey, you know what? Why not? Why not just tack it on the end there as like a PS, I love you sort of a thing uh, for our awesome 2015 retrospective, which we thought we finished with Carol to help lead us in to the release of Ad Astra coming out in a few days. I have Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Dan Baer. 
Good evening. And also joining us as a guest, this is this is a Patreon review, and we have one of our Patreon contributors here with us, Ian Balakalak. Hey, how are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're feeling very positive, you know? We have a couple of problems that we're going to solve here, <laughs> but we're going to tackle them one at a time, and we're going to have this aura of optimism about everything. We'll have a few laughs along the way, maybe a few cries. Who knows? This is The Martian, people. And like I said, this is our lead in into the release of uh, Ad Astra coming out in a few days. Uh, also from the studio, 20th Century Fox, although now they're owned by another company. But back in 2015, The Martian, uh, one of Ridley Scott's biggest films. Uh, in fact, actually, if I think about it, I think it's his biggest film ever in terms of uh, worldwide gross. $630 million worldwide. Audiences loved this movie when it came out, and it was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor from Matt Damon. We didn't actually get to talk about this during our 2015 retrospective because it wasn't voted on by the community. It came close, but it didn't actually get a vote. (laughs) And I figured after we had our final 2015 podcast review, I was like, you know what? What is a space movie that we could talk about to lead us into mm-hmm. Ad Astra? I figured Gravity I want to save. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We had so much fun with 2015. Why not just do The Martian? I'm sure we'll find a time in the future to work Bridge of Spies in at some point. This way we could say we reviewed all the best picture contenders from this year. But I'm really, really glad to have revisited this movie first and foremost. Uh, this was my first time seeing it since its release in 2015, and it was just as entertaining and as fun as the last time I remember it being. But I want to hear from the rest of you, so why don't we start us off first with Ian. Ian, our guest, what do you ultimately think of The Martian? Well, this is one of those movies that I was... I actually read the novel by Andy Weir before going into <laughs> this film because... What I remember from the book was this is actually a survival story, a space survival story, but it also added some good humor in in it. I was very surprised by how funny this this story is. It's actually on the surface. You could tell it's a pure space survival story, like a man gets lost in space on Mars. That's why it's called the Martian. But the, basically the the little sandstorm that comes in and the crew has to leave him uh, because they think he's dead, but Oh, he's alive. But yeah, this, this movie is just so much fun. Just like you said, Matt, this is just so entertaining from start to finish. This is a two hour and 20 minute film that, but it never feels that it never stops. It never feels long. It doesn't feel like it's like everything falls into place so well. I just love, I love the, I love the writing. I love I love Matt Damon's performance. I love the visual aesthetic. This this film is just pure entertainment from start to finish. I just love this movie. It isn't as depressing as Saving Private Watney, as <laughs> you know, <laughs> as one might want to call it, because it's a rescue mission to you know save Matt Damon and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as bad as my favorite Martian. But somewhere in there, if you take those two and put them together, you come up with The Martian. Because you're right, Ian, it is just as fun while not forgetting that it is also a movie kind of, to a certain extent, somewhat sort of steeped within realism due to the science involved as well. And as a result, I think you get this movie that feels very, very respectful towards its audience while also 
keeping in mind that they that, that it has to entertain the audience. You know, it's not like your indie space movie that's like very psychological and thought provoking and might potentially bore an audience to tears. Uh, who knows? No, this is a studio film, first and foremost, made with a large budget of over $100 million. And as a result, there's elements thrown in that got to keep the audience entertained. Sometimes we can see through that. And sometimes we say to ourselves, yep, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> but maybe not with this one. Uh, we got two more people we need to hear from to know for sure. Let's hear from Nicole first. Nicole, what do you think of The Martian? Yeah, I actually saw this for the first time a couple of months ago. Um, whenever we were kind of doing our 2015 retrospective, I was trying to tick off some 2015 movies that I had missed because I spent part of 2015 uh, in Scotland in a town with one movie theater. Um, with like two screens. Uh, but so I discovered that my parents had this on DVD and come to find out, um, they watch this movie all the time. I'm <laughs> honestly, I'm not even positive why they love it so much. I think it's partially that my little sister is willing to watch it because, uh, she can play like spot the Sebastian Stan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love your little sister, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> she's a queen. Uh, she's a big, uh, Marvel fan. And, I'm not going to lie, the the ensemble of this movie is part of what convinced me to want to watch it as well, because it's got this, you know, really nice cast of people, everyone from obviously Matt Damon, who this movie kind of reminded me that he's not just a pretty boy, um, but he actually, you know, is a very talented actor, um, to, you know, Donald Glover has a small role in it, and obviously Jessica Chastain is great, and I really enjoyed this movie, and Every time I tell someone that, they're really surprised. Um, and maybe it's because space... I was going to say space movies aren't my thing. Space travel movies like this aren't typically my thing. But I really appreciate the research that I went to, like went into this. And I think having it set on Mars uh, kind of makes it stand out from your normal average we get several every year space movie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I watched it again Uh earlier this week to to be ready for this and was again surprised at how much I like this movie. There, there is a degree of believability with this one. Oh, absolutely. It has like a level of credibility when you watch it, even though, uh, and I'll get into this later, the, the, I think my favorite thing about The Martian is that while you're watching it, it actually feels like it happened. Yeah. Like, like those if I'm watching Apollo, uh, was it Apollo 13? Yeah. And that's retelling an actual event that took place. I feel like with the level of detail, science, the fact that there's like text that pops up on the screen to display who certain people are, what their title is, and just the way events play out in this movie, it feels like it's a retelling in many ways of something that actually took place, which is crazy to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it seems like it could have been based on, you know, a memoir or a biography and not a work of fiction. Right. Right. Dan, we come to you now. What do you think of The Martian? <laughs> I am, you're not going to hear much dissent from me on this one compared to what you guys have said. Sorry, listeners who for some reason don't like this movie. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, if you've read the novel, um, you know that like, when this was in, they were when it was announced that they were move, making a movie out of this, I was a little confused because the, there is a lot of science in the novel, like 
hard science. Like pages and pages of descriptions of all the experiments and things that he does in order to survive. And, and just to, on the ba- very basic element here, I had no idea what a soul was before this movie yeah. came out. <laughs> Same here. Same. Yeah. Like what? Like everything's calculated in souls, and I'm like, what the fuck is a soul? <laughs> is it a day? Does it mean something else? Like what's going on Honestly, here? If it wasn't written up on the screen several times, I would have thought that I was just hearing it wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, and then like, like Nicholas said, it has this ridiculous ensemble. I mean, like, it's I don't even know how they got so many people to do such tiny, tiny parts. Um, but and Ridley Scott directing it, and that's your that's your answer right there. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, that's probably it. And just like also there is a part of me that thinks, too, that certain people tried out for certain roles, didn't get them. And Ridley Scott was like, I I really like you for this role, though. And who's going to say no to working with Ridley Scott? Exactly. Right. Like, I guarantee you, Sean Bean uh, auditioned for the same role that Jeff Daniels has in this movie. (laughs) That's possible. Like Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, too. Like random. I don't know. And but like. God damn, this movie is so entertaining. Like, it's rare that you get a big budget studio movie that is this, like, I mean, I can't, I like genuinely can't imagine someone watching this and not having fun with it. Right. You know, not enjoying it. It is, it's so well done and so light, and it just has something for, genuinely has something for everyone. And like the the craft, like the filmmaking craft of it is also really strong. The the prestige big budget yeah. like studio film is something that's like a rarity nowadays. You got to remember, like this so movie rare. premiered at TIFF, mm-hmm. you know, and was not like a summer release necessarily. Like this was positioned to be an awards contender for 20th Century Fox, and for the stars to align for something like that to happen is extraordinarily rare in the studio system. Yeah, I mean, like, what are the other times this has happened in recent memory? Like, well, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, like, for example, they have a chance this year with another Matt Damon film mm-hmm. with Ford v. Ferrari. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what was the last, like, genuine big budget? Like, it's so weird. It's, like, prestige blockbuster. Like, we don't get those much anymore. And I know that, like... A lot of people complain, you know, like, wah, rah, superhero movies don't get the love they deserve. And I'm like, but like, find me a superhero movie that is genuinely without a pre-existing attachment to the characters and stuff in that are in it as well made and purely entertaining as this. I, I, I don't, there are few movies in general are as well made and entertaining as this. So, I just really, really enjoy this movie. And it is surprise. Like it was, I was surprised by how really genuinely hilarious it was. I was surprised that it was, um, the surprise dance party movie of 2015. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just absolutely loved it. I mean, it is legitimately thrilling when it has to be. It like it hits the adventure space buttons really, really hard. But also, there's like long stretches of it that are hard sci-fi, and it sells it like 
it's a used car salesman, like a really successful used car salesman, and it fucking works. And <laughs> I love it. It just like everyone involved is doing their level best to put this over as smoothly as they can. And they actually succeeded. You know, it's interesting you say that, too, because I do believe that a lot of that has to do with uh, Ridley Scott in this case. And obviously working off of a great script. Mm. The guy is very, very inconsistent. And I maintain that he is always such a technical perfectionist. And all of his movies are all like... 95% of the time, and, and even then, like, you could make a claim to me that it's 100% of the time, maybe, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's always something like The Counselor. Oh, Lord. 95% of his time, his movies on a technical level are so well done. Incredibly well done. So, the thing that's usually lacking with his movies is a very, very strong script. And here, he got a really, really good script from Drew Goddard. God bless drew goddard like Yo, it's got it's goddard not goddard i'm pretty sure it's goddard yeah, yeah okay it's goddard right. as well yeah all right i apologize then if i'm butchering his name all this time <laughs> but i mean the guy you know he's written stuff like buffy the vampire slayer uh he's written on lost alias daredevil uh cabin in the woods was his uh directorial debut that got a great reception in 2012 and uh after this a few years later he did bad times at the el royale which admirable swing and a miss for me personally same uh but you know still has some merit there you know like the movie right away right away off the bat right we're getting i think one of the best depictions of mars on film that i've ever seen Mm -hmm. and i remember at the time thinking especially when it got like a production design nomination i remember kind of like scoffing at that and being like you know because this is not typically what one thinks of when they think of like production (laughs) design uh at the oscars Mm -hmm. but the level of detail that went into uh, the sets and also just like I said, the depiction of Mars itself in such a very realistic manner, um, it doesn't look it doesn't look cheap to me or and it also doesn't look otherworldly that I'm like pulled out of it. Like there's like it, it, there's no like fantasy element to it at all. It, it feels so real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I I <laughs> I am very much on the record as hating when space movies get production design nominations because I mean, it's a space station or a space shuttle, like they all look the same. They're just a bunch of knobs and switches. What actual design work was done on this? But the space shuttle and vehicles and the little. Um, lab that he's in on mars like this genuinely does feel new like i haven't seen too many other things that look exactly like this they actually took some license and designed something that you looked futuristic and but also grounded in stuff that we know and you know we see and we see a lot of aspects of it too Mm -hmm. in a lot of these different editing montages by pietro scala uh who did not get a nomination for this movie but i think that that's a bit of a crime in a way because at 141 minutes this movie also moves very very well (laughs) yeah like it never slows down and there is a section in the movie where um it does kind of stray away from mark for a little bit and it goes to uh nasa and we're with those characters for what is it like maybe like 15 minutes or so Mm -hmm. i mean but it's really not that much of it's not that bad uh (laughs) i would disagree Oh yeah, you oh. think? 
I would say for me, I think I needed more scenes with Mark with Mark Watney's crew a little more. That's the only complaint I have. But everybody else, I think, has. Oh, oh, let me let me put it to you this way in that regard, because I, I I agree with you in the sense of there's nothing in this movie that I would cut. If anything, I would develop some of these side characters a little bit more. Mm. I think my issue is that. I love all this stuff with Mark. I love all this stuff with the rest of the astronaut crew. Some of the stuff back at the NASA center can get, especially like on a repeat viewing, or I think also like maybe it wouldn't be as bad seeing it in the movie theater, but watching it at home, I got a bit bored in those parts, except when Donald Glover was on screen. But um, See now, I, I, Jeff Daniels is the one who carries those scenes over for me. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah. Jeff Daniels like commanding presence, but also at the same time, this like, you know, he's totally channeling like what he does like in the newsroom so, so well, where he's got this no bullshit, no nonsense attitude about him. But he's not he's not like an he's not an asshole about it at the same time. He's just the smartest guy in the room that has to make these really tough decisions. You know what I mean? I don't know. Something about that is uh, is really exciting for me as a watcher seeing these really, really intense decisions get made super quick. Like, there's no contemplation. It's like, how long is it going to take? Oh, it's going to take 27 days. Get it done in three. <laughs> you know? Stuff like that. I don't know. I I, I love Jeff Daniels in, in those scenes, uh, especially. And, of course, Chu would tell Ejiofor. Yeah. Who is kind of like, the, I guess, the beating heart of a lot of those scenes in a way, you know? I think he's the most important character in that whole uh and that whole crew yeah. not back on Earth. Uh, without his character, I don't. I don't think uh, Matt Damon's character would would even go home. <laughs> yeah. The Donald Glover stuff. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see Donald Glover always on screen. I mean, who isn't? He, the guy's ridiculously talented in like a uh, Justin Timberlake, you know, sort of way where it's like I I just I hate you because you're so talented. <laughs> you could do everything. But his scene where he's like. You know, fumbling around and I, I don't know, like that was that was almost played a little bit too over the top caricature for me um, that I that, that believe it or not, that's actually the part on back on Earth that almost took me out of the movie, especially because after he does his whole demonstration about how he's going to have the Hermes, uh, you know, get Mark back home, he disappears after that. And he's gone. Yeah, guess- that is a little <laughs> weird. That's kind of a theme in this movie, though. Like, if it has one real fault, I think it's that the characters can feel very underdeveloped. And I think that's yeah, not, exactly. not that that's not mm-hmm. intentional. I think that that's one interesting thing about Mark Watney is that there's no tragic backstory. There's no wife and child he's trying to get back yep. to. He's that's just true. trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one of those rare instances where I actually am okay with it because of the personality that he does display. Oh, yeah. Um, given his situation, tells you everything you need to know about that character without backstory or context. You know what I mean? it works really well for Mark. I think it works less well. Like, I'd like to know a little bit more about, like, what's uh, Melissa Lewis, Jessica Chastain's character. I'd like yeah. to maybe see Donald Glover again. I'd like to, you know, maybe get a bit more from some of these side characters that particularly because there's so many of them, it can kind of feel like, oh, 
Right. Like, I never learned that person's name. I just know the actor, and that's because I only saw them for five minutes. Um, yeah. 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 Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our review of the 2015 film The Martian under the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You will get the rest of this hour and 20-minute long review as well as other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. Rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. We really, really appreciate the feedback as well as the support. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, as always, we shall see you all next time.